What is the latest, everyone? And welcome back to another episode of the In the Paint Show presented by Ball is Life. Ronnie Flores, Devin Ugland here with you to break down some basketball that we saw. Some live period basketball that we saw last weekend. Uh, tons of college coaches in the gym. Ronnie, you and I were in Southern California uh, where there were five different events. Yeah. Uh, lots, lots of teams, lots of players. We're going to do our best to break down, you know, the top guys that we saw throughout the weekend. Uh, you know, even though the gyms were extremely hot and oh, yeah. there were lots of teams and players and events to hit. Uh, let's get your overall thoughts on the first live period, Ronnie, of July. Um, what did you think, man? Yeah, like you said, it was a very robust, uh, you know, weekend in terms of getting to games and figuring out where you're going to go. And I think it was overall some good things emerged. Obviously, some there's some good players. Obviously, when you have five tournaments, it's a little fragmented, but there's going to be good players, and you're going to see some good players. But we're probably not seeing as much as we can. And I think from the from the coaching standpoint and from the recruiting and evaluation standpoint is I think having the scholastic period with Section 7 gave the coaches at least like a head start or somewhere, okay, I want to go to this event to see this guy, see him for a second time, or I heard this guy was good, I need to watch him. I think what I think there was a little bit of frustration, like you said, with there being five tournaments in one location or one region. But I think Section 7 helped the coaches to get a head start and at least to know what they wanted to go see, rather than going in just completely blind. Yeah, I think that's an important point to make is uh, college coaches were able to use Section 7 to identify you know specific prospects they wanted to see and then sure. were able to, to know which – which club teams those guys played for. And, you know, it was easier to navigate the five different tournaments, you know, in the same region. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, and it was, it was interesting, Ronnie, that, that Saturday we were at, um, what was the draft complex in yeah. Corona, man, that thing was hot. It was, yeah. it was, <laughs> it was hot in there. Thank, thank, thankfully we had that, uh, that little room upstairs that had some air conditioning blowing. You could go get, get a, a little reprieve from the heat. Um, but, Ronnie, the, the whole thing started, this whole live period started on Thursday with the Premier 80 at the beautiful new facility at Miracosta High School in the Manhattan Beach area. Uh, first of all, Ronnie, that, that facility is, is really nice. Yes. Um, you know, the, the, whoever, whoever put that together did a, did a fantastic job uh, with, with pretty much everything in that facility. Um, looks modern, you know, the courts are really nice yeah, and really lit well. And yeah, there's space I see. on the baseline. I think when people make two or three courts in one gym, one big mistake they make is they don't put enough, uh, space in between the door, yeah. the out of bounds baseline and, and, uh, the basically where you have live play, which is, I guess the out of bounds line. Exactly. You know, there's a lot of times there's not enough space there. You know, some gyms, it's really close. Like, I mean, you're running into the wall. There's padding, obviously. But in this gym, there's a little bit of space. And obviously, whoever designed it kind of kind of took that into account. Because a lot, especially the older gyms, they, they don't take that into account. Yeah, I can, see Dino's, I can see Dino's taking advantage of that gym for as long as they will let him yeah. take advantage of that, of using that gym. Um, Ryan, jump, we'll jump into your standouts from the Premier 80 first, and then I will go through mine. Yeah, you know, the Premier 80... Uh, was a good event with, you know, a showcase style. And there was players from all over the country. 
you know, uh, I've seen Styles Phipps, a uh, point guard from 224. He was at St. Mary's High School last year in Phoenix. Um, you know, they're the neighbors to have one of the better teams in, in, in Arizona, but those a couple guys might be moving on. But he just keeps growing on me, keeps growing on you. He just knows how to play. He's an excellent passer. He's a guy you want to play with, other guys want to play with. And at first it kind of, you know, you don't uh, see his talent level until you start seeing some of the passes he's throwing and, and just under control. And, he, you know, he, he competes. He does a good job. I, I really like Styles Phipps. He's about 6'1", 6'2", 224 class. Pierre Genesti, our guy from Rebe Academy, I thought he did really well. Again, Rebe Academy has a lot of firepower, meaning the high school team in Southern California. And, you know, he doesn't get always get the ball, obviously, with some of the guys they had last year and some of the – even in Section 7, they're, they're perimeter-oriented with guys such as Barrington Hargris and, and, and Mikey Price playing with them. But he can really block shots and run the floor. Again, at his size, 6'10", 6'11", I don't care about – a lot of the other things he can run the floor and block shots like that. You know, the other things he does is kind of a plus. That's a good start. Uh, Mike Miller, who plays for Kool-Aid's team inland. He's been around. Um, obviously, Kool-Aid is a, a fixture on the SoCal grassroots scene. He's been around 30 years. He always has diamonds in the rough. Uh, Mike Miller. Uh, Oak Hills in Hesperia. He's a 6'4 shooting guard. I think he I thought he played really well. Uh out of Towner, 224 from St. Rita in Chicago. James Brown, big, big, strong forward. You know, he had very good moments. Uh, uses his body. When he fit, when he when he continues to grow his game, he's gonna be um very good prospect, high, you know, high level, you know, top 50, top 75 type, maybe even 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 higher. We'll see how that ends up for him, him being a 224. Uh, I guess the main theme of the event, Devin, obviously we had individuals there maybe 80 individuals 75 individuals is who was the second best player after isaiah Iholim? Uh, isaiah from heritage christian he plays for the paul george 15s we'll talk about those guys a little bit later but you know, isaiah is so smooth so relaxed just a natural gifted scorer i mean he, again that in that event it just looked like he had come from uh a college practice or it come from like some USA basketball tryout. Like it's just that smooth, that gifted. Yeah. I'm on the same page with you on, on most of the guys you mentioned. Um, didn't get to see a whole lot of Mike Miller, unfortunately. So I'm going to find a way to, to check him out a little bit more as the summer goes on. But yeah, the number one standout in my opinion was Isaiah Ihalim. Uh, like you said, just a smooth, natural gifted scorer who uh, can do a little bit of everything, Ronnie. He rebounds. He he yeah. pushes the break. It. Yeah, he can he can slash off the ball. Uh, he's got a high IQ. Uh, he can finish around the basket in a variety of ways. Create his own shot off the bounce. Hit the catch and shoot. He just has that all around you know polished offensive game that you don't see very often from somebody of you know of that age or that age group, right? Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, he's just. I mean, at two twenty four, he kind of starts with him. Yeah, on the West Coast and in the state, and then you kind of trickle down. And we'll talk about some of those other two twenty fours for sure to, today. But um, wanted to ma- mention that uh, obviously we have this weird high school season that we're finally over, and we f- we're getting through some of our honors. And he was obviously the Cal High Sports State Freshman of the Year. I don't think it was that difficult a choice once I looked at some of the some of the uh, 
statistics and some of where the players, you know, how much they average, how good their team was. Um, two players that we saw, Jamari Phillips from Modesto Christian, he was their leading scorer, and Zion Sansley, who played for the Oakland Soldiers 16 at, at the Cali Live event. I, those were the two guys that were kind of in the range, but Isaiah was on the open division, all, you know, Southern section team. He averaged 18 points per game. So it was pretty, pretty, um, wasn't too hard to choose him. The sophomore this year was Kylan Boswell. We can talk about that a little bit. The junior year, there was also the player of the year, Mr. Basketball, Amari Bailey. And then the tough pick was senior of the year because obviously the player of the year wasn't a senior. And it came down to Jemai Meshack and Malik Thomas, two guys from the same baseline league, from the same league in the southern section. And the pick was Jemai Meshack, mainly because uh, not like Malik Thomas didn't have a great year. I just think he was a big key in those two victories over Damian. And then when you go to the regional in the game we saw, uh, Devin, and you saw the obviously both games, is Meshack closed really strong with in the section playoffs and in, in the SoCal Open Regional. And, and Malik had a 10-point game and a big loss to uh, Torrey Pines, who was number one at the stand at the time. And then you saw the game where Jemai had a really good game in the final against Torrey Pines. So that was the difference, just the closing for Jemai Meshack. Yeah, I think, those, I think that's a... a- Good pick, obviously going head to head, and and you know they beat Damian twice, and Meshack had yeah. solid games, and in those games, and obviously Etowanda won the SoCal Regional over Tory Pine, so I think yeah. that's a good pick. Um, back to the Premier eighty standouts, Ronnie. I think if we're looking at the second best player, right, Isaiah Ehlin being number one, second best player, I think Trey Pettigrew from Kenwood, Chicago, Illinois, had had a say in that. Uh, just yeah, a guy who's wired to score. I mean, I, every time I looked over to his court when he was playing, it looked like he was, you know, scoring, whether it was a three or a uh, transition opportunity. He's, he's really talented scorer. Um, RJ Jones from John Paul, the second in Texas, a 223 guard also has a say in that, um, you know, just a really high IQ gifted jump shooter. Uh, I was a big fan of his game and how he allowed, you know, the opportunities to come to him and he didn't really force anything in a setting sure. that players usually force things. Um, Oziah Sellers from Southern California Academy uh, and Team Arsenal 17s. He's a, a really gifted combo guard. Uh, I like his field a lot. Um, he, yeah, he, can really, he can really shoot it. A uh, great lift on his jump shot. Great touch. Um, and he kind of just uh, he's smooth, Ronnie. You know everything he does is you know within the offense. Everything he does is uh, off of a good read. So I really like the pace he plays with. Um, Aiden Shaw from he was at Overland Park, I believe, in Kansas. Now he's at Link yeah. Prep in Missouri, uh, 222, 6'9 forward. He's just, you know, uh, an animal, an ass kicker, right? He does yeah, all the dirty work kind of stuff. Yeah, block shots, rebounds, you know, finishes lobs, uh, interior finisher. Uh, he can handle it a little bit on the perimeter, and, you know, if he has a slower, bigger guy on him, he can break him down and get to the basket and finish. So Aiden Shaw was, was a standout uh, to me. Uh, another guy I like, two Vegas guys I like, Ronnie Jace Richardson, 224 from Bishop Gorman, the son yeah. of Jason Richardson, former uh, NBA player, Golden State Warrior, you know, NBA dunk, dunk contest yeah. legend. Uh, yeah, Jace is, is interesting. He's a lefty, and he's got a little bit of his, his dad's bounce, but he can also, you know, shoot it a little bit on the perimeter. And, you know, he, he's still, I think he's still a little young, uh, a little raw as far as basketball skill set goes. 
but sure. he has all the the athletic and uh, bloodline tools that you would imagine uh, the son of an NBA player would have. And he's he's a guy out there not forcing it either. You know, a lot of these guys that no, are, he has good IQ. Yeah, he has good IQ. A lot of these guys I'm mentioning in this from this Premier 80 were guys who didn't really try and you know overdo it and force the issue offensively. Um, the other Vegas guy I liked was Sebastian Mack, 223 out of Durango. He's just, he's a beast. He's an animal, Ronnie. He, he's always in attack mode. Uh, he's physical. He's strong. Um, but he can also do things, you know, he can finish through contact and all that. And he's really great getting downhill and transition into the paint and, and scoring, you know, over or through contact. But what I like about him is defensively, he really brought energy. And a lot of times in camps like this or showcase events like this, the, the, the defensive side of the ball is kind of an afterthought. And with Sebastian Mack, he doesn't know anything else but playing hard on both ends of the floor. That's why I like what he did. Um, and a couple sleepers, maybe not sleepers to, uh, you know, you or me or, or sure. you know, people, you know, in the regions where these guys play. But I like Jaden Henley, 222 from Colony. I think he's going to be a big-time player uh, his upcoming senior year. Uh, you know, he's like a 6-5-ish, 2-3, um, but he's long, athletic. Uh, I think he's got a lot of upside, and he shoots it. He does a little bit of everything. Uh, Broderick Ellis from Good, Better, Best Academy in North Carolina. Uh, kind of a stretch guy. Um, shoots it a little bit. And you know he made a lot of good, a lot of good passes, a lot of good reads. Found his teammates. I liked him. Uh, you mentioned Pierre Geneste from from Herbay. I liked him. You mentioned James Brown from Saint Rita. I think he's going to be a big time player. You know, once yeah, the big strong player. Once he you know gets seen on the circuit or gets seen on a national stage uh, with his high school. And Osiris Knowles from Viewpoint. I thought he had a nice little point guard feel to his game. A two twenty three prospect. Um, and then the last guy I have listed here, Ronnie, is Tanti Feli at 222 from Phoenix Country Day. Kind of a, a, a you know raw big man prospect, but like you said, with you know young big men, uh, you know plays hard, runs the floor, blocks shots, rebounds, and finishes inside. I liked what he did. Let's move to the Battle Zone live, Ronnie. This was out in Corona, uh, the one on Saturday that was a scorching event. Run through your standouts real quick. Yeah, let me go through some of the stats. Obviously, with that event, you have uh, different age groups, but you also have the 17s, the ones that the college's coaches are focusing on, basically, boom, all playing at the same time. So that was a little overwhelming for the college coaches because they maybe they have a lull. You know, they're trying to figure out, okay, am I going to stay here? Am I going to go to another event? Then, boom, you get hit with like eight, 17 under games. So. Right. That's really something that would be rectified in future events, you know, kind of try to stagger it with some of the – but obviously the coaches are focusing on the 17s right now. Um, but it was still a lot of talent, a lot of uh, unearthed talent, a lot of guys we know about. I wanted to focus on some of the guys maybe that are getting just coming up the ranks more than people know. Uh, Jack McCloskey I thought played well for the Cali Rebels. He had some strong takes, uh, six six wing forward. 222, I believe he's at Modern Day now. Uh, yeah, he's at Modern Day now. Yeah, Bryson McKenzie from Santa Fe Christian, 6'1 point guard, uh, young player for Game Point Elite 15. I thought he's a nice prospect, somebody to keep an eye on. Obviously, one player that people know a lot about, 
Devon, Devon Arlington, six foot two, two twenty two. He plays for the Game Point Seventeen U. San Marcos High, All State level player, strong. I just like the way he can get in the get in the lane. Uh, his total command of the game. I thought you know he's doesn't make uh, makes very strong like movements. He's his movement. He always knows where he's going. He's not out of control. You know, those are the little things I like about his game. Obviously, he's going to have a D1 scholarship. A sleeper that people should keep an eye on, I told some coaches about. And he was on the JVs last year at Modesto Christian, R.J. Davis, 6'1 point guard. He played for the Lakeshore 16s. He's one of the fastest guys in the event. Speed with the ball, nice first steps, nice pull-up. Still working on his deep jumper. You know, his deep jumper is still a little inconsistent, but he's going to be a really good player. He, I saw him at Section 7, and I was telling his high school coach, you know, who is he? Where's he? He's not on the roster. Where's he from? He's all Ronnie he played JV last year. But, I mean, I still think he, he tracks as a D1 prospect. He keeps improving. Mm -hmm. He's a very good player. Um, another guy tracks as a D1, and he's going to be, a, a, you know, looked at at that level is, is Dylan Benner from St. Bonaventure in Ventura. Plays for the Alley Elite 15, 224. Six foot six, six foot seven. You know, he's right now he's like a four. He's unselfish. He's a multi-dimensional scorer. Moves fairly well. You know, it'd be interesting to see what level he ends up, Devin. I know we talked about him a little bit, and you know, he doesn't get rattled. He keeps keeps within himself, even though you know he doesn't handle the ball. He, he kind of plays the team game in this event. It kind of got it kind of got away from them a little bit in the game we saw. Uh, they didn't get him the ball that much, but that's okay. That doesn't take away from what kind of prospect he is. And and what what the good things he did, uh, everybody kind of knows about you, Quib Mir. Now he was at the Penguins Premier Eighty, and he plays uh, for Granite Bay High School in Northern California. He plays for Play Hard, Play Smart Sixteens. But I, I thought his teammate is a sleeper. Is in the backcourt, Jermaine Halliburton. He's now at Intercom High School in Sacramento. He's a point guard, two twenty three. Uh, I, I just like some of the things he did. Obviously watching. You, you, quit, you see him and you say, hey, he's, he's a pretty good player. And I hope I, – I, I don't want to botch this guy's name because I you know I could botch some guys' names. Nicholas Kaminia from BTI Select, 6'5", kind of like a wing forward power, you know, power power wing forward, just yeah. a strong body. He's a 225. He's an incoming player, and obviously we're, we're starting to track 225. So yeah. that those were my uh, – some of the guys I noticed that stood out. Obviously, I didn't want to – Mentioned Devin, some of the obvious guys that maybe already have scholarship offers. Kind of wanted to sure. throw some other guys out there that people should be keeping an eye on. Sure. Yeah, I think I think a lot of those guys make sense. Um, I think Dylan Benner, like you said, it's going to be interesting to see his progression. Uh, not only as a basketball player, but you know how how big he gets. Um, sure. If he ends up being you know six nine at, at what his skill set is now and keeps improving on that, we're talking you know a, a solid Division one guy. Um, yeah that our guy, you know, Wolfie Wood has out there at St. Bonaventure. Um, like you said with him, though, a lot of that, that Saturday, especially the second game that we watched, uh, his teammates kind of struggled to, to get him the ball uh, in spots where he's going to be successful. And you know that happens? It's club ball. That happens. A guy who I thought helped himself a lot, uh, especially in front of college coaches, was Roddy Anderson from Fountain Valley. Ronnie, we've seen him, you know, the last yeah. four years uh, playing with our guy Deshaun Bryant over there at, at, with the Barons, and he plays for Cali Rebels 17 Elite. And I just thought, you know, he just had a good weekend, 
And a lot of college coaches now, I think he receives an offer from uh, UCR, UC Riverside. Uh, he also holds offers from, from Cal Baptist and another D1 school as well. That's slipping my mind right now. But you know, he had a lot, of, a lot of schools watching him. UC Davis, Boise State um, were, were courtside at most of his games. So you know, I think Roddy helped himself out, showed that he has the jump shooting tools to you know, really work on his three-point shot, and that's where he struggles the most. But athletically, speed... Uh, yeah. Burr, uh, he has that. He has all that, and he's a you know he's a high level guy who competes. That's the one thing I like about Roddy. He always competes. Um, another yeah. guy I liked in the the Southern California area um, was Cord Stansberry uh, of LA Elite. They didn't really have a great team event, Ronnie. They're still trying to put some pieces together and figure it okay. out. Um, but I think Cord Stansberry just from Size-wise, you know, six-three, rangy, uh, pretty athletic, uh, good, good feel, good IQ. He's kind of a combo guard who I see in that that mid-major level uh, WCC type of guy. I, I think yeah. he's that level. He's being watched by Pepperdine. Uh, I think Butler was there watching him, and um, I think he's a he's going to be a good you know system type player because he has the feel, he has the IQ, and he's got good size and athleticism for his position. Um, and then another 222 guard I liked, Ronnie, was Donovan Dent from Corona Centennial. Oh, yeah. Another guy, another guy who uh, he has Division One looks, right? But he doesn't have that, like, unfortunately doesn't have that, that national Division One rep that I think he deserves because he's a guy who is just, like, all over the place at all times. High-level defender. Yeah. He, he, he plays so fast, but he's also, his mind is also playing slowly. Like, he sees the yeah. game, sees even the though game. he's... Even though he's playing at a at a breakneck type of pace, he really sees the game and is able to slow it down, make good decisions. Um, another guy who people are probably questioning, you know, his consistency as a three point shooter, because most of his damage is done in transition, you know, getting to the basket uh, and finishing. But form wise, I think he has he has some good form on his shot. Um, and you know, I'm looking forward to see you know Roddy and Donovan kind of go head to head as you know maybe a top point guard prospect in in Southern California. For that 222 class, Ronnie, what do you think of Rod? I'm gonna look for some more guys real quick. What do you think of Roddy's performance? Yeah, well, the man, the guys you mentioned, has offered him. I'm already confused with why they haven't offered him before. I'm kind of looking at maybe see if he, you know, more more Big Sky, Big West, you know, a uh, little bit more offers. Like, is he gonna end up at that level? Mm. Yeah, maybe, maybe you know. So I, I personally think the local schools you mentioned should have already offered him. Like, you know, like you, you should have already just offer him because you're going to offer him at some point, you know, and, and, you know, to get ahead of that, you should have been on that. But again, to their fairness, they didn't get to see him during the high school sure. period, meaning no college got to see any high school games this year, whether it was the fall ball or, or the CIF spring season. And, you know, that that's so they're playing catch up. In other words, obviously, they had a chance to see him at Section 7. I think he made a pretty good impression. Then he made a good impression, good impression this weekend in 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 Court Stansbury. Maybe a little, little bit less uh, notoriety, but a very good player. Yeah. You know, so I, you know, I, I, he's somebody to look at. And obviously, if you're saying Butler and some of the those schools that are looking at him, that that's a pretty good level for him. Yeah. You know, and, and hopefully, you know, he continues to play strong, and hopefully, Ali Lee continues continues to showcase him, but. Yeah, very, very interesting there. And with Donovan Dent, I mean, as a high school player, you can't get much more 
accolades. Very interesting to have a conversation with Josh Giles as we put together the Cal High All-State team, which, I mean, we're in July and it still hasn't come out, but it's going to be coming out very soon. And I asked him, you know, who was the league MVP? Just to make sure that, you know, it was between his guy Boswell or Dan or what happened there. And he goes, well, our, our leagues have a problem because they're not choosing an MVP because there was a problem in softball. It's just just your typical everybody gets a trophy, Devin. It was a very interesting thing because they're not naming, like, players of the year in the league. But he would be our my player of the year in the league. And he was obviously the co-MVP of the Open with Amari Bailey. So, you know, again, as a high school player, he's – I think, he, like you said, he gets overlooked, obviously, at Section 7 and he maybe at, at some of the national events. Everybody's focusing on Jerry McCain and Boswell, but they, I think – uh, a little bit more focus should be placed on Donovan. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think you mentioned Bryson McKenzie from Game Point uh, 15s. He's probably their best overall player right now as far as feel on the ball goes, uh, creating, distributing. But there's a guy that we saw too, Bradley McLaughlin from Mission Hills on that team, kind of a uh, six foot four uh, swingman right now. He did a lot of damage inside for Game Point. And I really thought that he um, had some inside-outside game uh, that was impressive. And I think he has some, some good upside. So let's move to Cali Live, Ronnie. Uh, give us your standouts. Yeah, let's talk about Cali Live, which was at uh, Momentus, correct? So obviously we're trying to get a, a look at teams that I may not see, uh, you know, here in Southern California that have an easy chance to see. So... I obviously wanted to see Seattle Rotary, the Oakland Soldiers, those type of teams that may be out of town. Yeah. Uh, you know, during the next live period or at the EYBL or whatnot. So, uh, one player to keep an eye on in the future. He has phenomenal feel. He plays for the Oakland Soldiers 15 is Michael Lewis. He's 224, point guard out of St. Mary's of Berkeley. Uh, I've told some colleges about him and I, I know they're going to track him. Some do know about him. Just phenomenal feel. For the game, uh, moving to the 16th for the Soldiers, Jackson uh, Shellstad, 6'1", 223, guard from Westland in Oregon. He really nice pull up, knows how to play the game. I thought he did a, a really good job on on teams. The Soldiers, their 16s and their 17s, Devin, they, they had a lot of prospects, a lot of players, and I don't think yeah. that put each of them in optimal position to shine. It's just when you have you're playing 12 guys, 13 guys, 14 guys. It's hard to, you know, have a nice uh, continuity, I think. Yeah. And that shows in a lot of events we see. Um, look at USA Basketball, just throwing together a team for, you know, the Olympics, and, and, and they get their asses handed to them. You know, it, it happens. But that, that's why chemistry sometimes is important. Sometimes you got to find your right fit and your right team that works for you. Uh, obviously, the Soldiers are a legendary program. They have good players. But for some guys, you know, it's it's okay to not to, to play for another team. So Jackson was very good. Moving on to another team, the Prodigy 17U. Caleb Smith, I thought he had strong moves, 6'7", 6'6", 6'7", 222. Uh, nice face-up game. He didn't get a, a lot of looks in the in the past because he sat out at Damien High School in Southern California, but I think he's going to be a, a player to watch. And then a team I wanted to focus on a lot was the Real Run 16s because they got some intriguing prospects, starting with Marcus Adams, Narbonne High School, 
223. And then the one I wanted to ask you about him, because he obviously had a couple really good games. He was hitting some outside shots. And we'll, you can answer the question when we, we get to your standouts from the event. Is, uh, can he get to the Pac-12 level? Is he that level of recruit at the end of the day? Derek Sangster from Mitty, who was a standout at Section 7, followed up. He played, you know, complimented Marcus Adams really well on this 16 teams. Skilled, still working on smoothing out his ball handling there, but that little rough around the edges there, but so skilled, runs the floors, can score, controlled game. And then the kind of the guy that everybody has their eye on, but they don't know what's he's going to fall, you know, what, what kind of prospects he's really going to end up is. There's not a lot of consistency to his game. The second game I saw for Real Run 16s, he, he really was a non-factor, but he's a, somebody you got to keep your eye on is Keon uh, Kessie from two, 223-66 wing. You know, he was previously at Linwood. Linwood didn't have a season. He played with Compton High School at Section 7, but he may be on the move. But very interesting note, Devin, that Linwood High School is now condemned. Like uh, Linwood High School is uh, – some of the buildings are were deemed structurally unsafe, so I, those kids may not be there physically in the fall. They may be some at the junior high, but I imagine with the school that big, that some of the kids are going to disperse. You know, very interesting situation. Again, it has nothing to do with this event. I just wanted to yeah. point that out because no, that is interesting, yeah, though. Yeah, it, it, because we heard about that. Obviously, those those condos in Miami and you don't want to have a situation happening like that at God forbid at a high school or a junior high or an elementary. So something to keep an eye on here in Southern California, Linwood high school is uh, basically right now un uninhabitable uncondemned. So a uh, very interesting situation. Moving on to another team, Seattle Rotary 16s, Brooklyn Hicks. I thought he was very good off the dribble, good point guard, Timberland high school in Washington, six foot four. Uh, I also like a very intriguing prospect, somebody to keep an eye on. I know he's colleges kind of noticed him. They were they didn't know who he was, Devin, but they they saw him on a court and they turned their head. They kind of glanced over there and they wanted to keep their eye on him, but they will keep their eye on him in the future. This rest of these live periods is Jacob McFarland, six foot nine. He was for played for Team Determined two twenty threes. About he's grown a lot in the last six months to a year. Maybe three, four inches. He's up to about six nine. He's a left-handed shot blocker. He can run the floor pretty well. So whenever you have a left-handed shot blocker, I think that's gonna people are gonna notice a bit. Yeah, that's not something you see very often uh, anywhere, especially at the club level. Especially a two twenty-three guy who's a polished, you know, rim protector uh, like like Jacob McFarland is. Uh, to your point about Marcus Adams from Narbonne, maybe maybe he reaches a Pac twelve level. I know a handful of uh, big West schools and, and big sky schools um, were intrigued by what he did, you know, sure. at that event. So, I mean, you got to start somewhere with your recruiting, right? And, you know, the big yeah. West or the big set, it's not a bad place to start. Um, no. he's yeah, he's, uh, you know, low major plus mid major. Or for oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I just, he just has a little bit of everything. He kind of, kind of a throwback style of play. You know, he yeah. reminds me a little bit, Ronnie, uh, a little bit of Eric Wise. You remember Eric Wise? Yeah. From ML King. Yeah. From ML King. He kind of reminds me a little bit of that. Uh, maybe I think he moves a little better. Yeah, he moves a little better at the same stage. Yeah. Yeah. But Eric Wise had a good career uh, at the mid-major, at the mid-major level. So I, I think that it, I kind of draw a little bit comparison to Eric Wise with, uh, with Marcus Adams. 
Um, Caleb Smith is on my list as well, Ronnie, from Damien and Prodigy. Uh, his, you know, he grew a little bit. I think he stretched out to about six okay. eight now, legit six eight. And his ability to stretch the floor and hit threes and pick and pop and ball skills was very intriguing to college coaches. Um, Jackson, 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 Shellstad. Yeah. That's a hard one to say. You can't say that. Three yeah, times you know, fast. I can't say that name. You can't say that three times fast. Yeah. Um, he was really good, Ron. He just plays with great pace, great command of the point guard position. Uh, yeah, it's going to be very hard for any school to wrestle him away from Dana Altman and the Oregon Ducks. Yeah, he reminds me of, of Peyton Pritchard. really does. I mean, just the way he operates and his speed and speed with the ball. With point guards, Ronnie, speed and contr- speed with the ball and control of you know transition opportunities, control of the offense, body control. Uh, he has everything. He hits the catch and shoot three. Uh, he finds open teammates. Uh, you know, sees great court vision. I, I really like watching that kid play. Uh, Jacob Kofi, uh, 16U Seattle Rotary, plays at Eastside Catholic. Um, you know, a, a skilled 6'8", uh, forward, power forward, center prospect. Yeah. Great hands, uh, great footwork, uh, great touch around the basket. I think he's going to have, a, you know, a really, really intriguing long-term type of uh, progression with his skill set. And he's got a lot of upside, Ronnie. Yeah, uh, definitely. I saw him at Section 7 with Eastside. Okay. Well, he was really good there. He kind of reminds me of Brandon Wright, who used to play at North Carolina. Sure. And uh, the Golden State Warriors a little bit. I don't know if that's a great comparison. It's just thought of something I thought of. You know, he's it's, yeah. A lot of these comparisons are kind of, you know, just we watch them, you know, for one or two games. Yeah, but he kind of has a little bit of this to his game. Right. Sure. sure. Um, I agree with your, your Michael Lewis. Uh, comp, he's really good. He's going to be a, a high-level prospect uh, down the line, Ronnie, um, from the Oakland Soldiers 15U team. Um, another guy I liked from the Oakland Soldiers 15U team was Tyler Thompson, a six-foot-five wing out of Vanden High School. He just plays the right way and takes open shots when they're there, uh, gets off the ball when needed, uh, slasher and finisher. Uh, big fan of, of what he did for the Oakland Soldiers uh, 15U EYBL team. Ronnie, I'm looking at this Oakland Soldiers 16U EYBL roster right here. Murder's low. Dude, there's a lot. There's a lot of good players on this. Let me see if I can put it up on the screen real quick for anyone who's watching the video. But just kind of see the amount of players, right? This is one. Wait, hang on. Where are we? Got to flatten that out. But yeah. Here we go. This is one team. Right here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's there's a lot of good players on that team. And it, I can't imagine being the coach of that team. Uh, Zion Sensley, good player. Uh, King Jasani Will, Wilhite, good player. Ryan Beasley, yeah. I really liked what Ryan Beasley does. You know, yeah, I like, he was distributing pretty well. Yeah, he's younger brother of Robbie Beasley. And he just plays, he just plays, plays hard. Like, he's, uh, he plays, you know, 100% all the time. I really liked what he did. Um, and Marquise Cook from Jefferson High School in Portland, Oregon, Ronnie. I'm pretty sure he has a hot, uh, big time reputation. Yeah, he um, does. And I think he lived up to my expectations, uh, based on what I've read, you know, on on Twitter or seen in you know highlight reels and things like that. Uh, dynamic, dynamic prospect who's going to be highly recruited down the line. Um, and the 17 yeah, team. Yeah, go ahead, Ronnie. Go ahead. I was going to say that even DJ Thomas, who's yeah, you know, lefty guard who's well known on the scene, and you know DJ is lives in Las Vegas, goes to Liberty High School, and it, it, 
His dad is a former UNLV point guard who played at Taft High School, one of their best players ever, Taft High School here in Southern California. And it's just, like you said, there is only one ball. There's only only five of those guys can get on the court at the same time. And obviously everybody didn't play their best, but that's what we were talking about earlier, you know, finding their niche, finding their fit. So we'll see how they do at the, you know, in Peach Jam and see what they what they come up with. But go ahead and give us your 17 rundown. Yeah, so that's 17U team, Ronnie. I mean, you have a lot of names on that team, right? You have a lot of guys. You have a lot of bodies who look great on the court. They ended up losing to a team called Triple Threat Bruins, which was kind of filled with Inland Empire guys. Yeah, local guys. Seniors um, or, you know, 222s and maybe a scattering of 223 guys who were just hungry on that in that game. And I want to give a shout-out to uh, Aquinas uh, point guard Sheldon Grant. The third, I think he was your Division Three Player of the Year. Yeah, Division Three State Player of the Year. Yes, really, really, really good player. I, I can I can see a couple of you know D twos or NAIAs trying to really get him locked in um, as he plays through July because he's just smart, uh, high IQ, tough. He's a little wiry and, and small physically. Six two, I'd probably give him Ronnie maybe one hundred and fifty pounds, and that's yeah, probably well, that's probably being nice, real thin. Man, he he just knows how to play the game. Um, and they beat you know that Oakland Soldiers seventeen U EYBL team. Uh, it, you know on was that Saturday morning? Yeah, Saturday yeah, morning. They, they Saturday that. morning when we were at Cali Live, right? Yeah. yeah. Again, like you said, you can't just roll the balls out. You gotta sometimes yeah. you you gotta play together. That helps helps everybody. I think that helps the lesser players when you play together. Obviously, if you're a top 100 player, you're going to get you know you're going to get scholarship looks if the team loses by 15 or wins by 15. It's not going to matter, but mm-hmm. I think it does matter for some of these guys that are haven't got looks D twos and AI as you said. If you play together and 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 show that you are you know playing basketball the right way, can but help but help you, especially if you get to that winners bracket. When you get to that winners bracket, you know you 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 there's more coaches likely to see. So that's a very good point. Let me run down those players of the year real quick, Devin. Okay. Obviously, I mentioned the class players of the year. Uh, the open Division One player of the year is obviously the state player of the year is Amari Bailey, the junior out of Sierra Canyon. So again, this is by state division, and obviously we, we don't know who's in each division until the play, regional playoffs are announced because mm-hmm. it's a statewide honor. Division Two is Brent Knapper from Colony of Ontario. Uh, he is going to Santa Clara. Terrific career there. One of the best players ever out of the Palomares League. Uh, he had a great career. Uh, you know, last two players from that Inland Empire who were who were D2 state players here were Tracy Murray of Glendora and, and Reggie Miller. So it's not bad company. Obviously, that was a long time ago. You mentioned Sheldon Grant in Division Three. Team did terrific. You know, I think they uh, went 23-1 and one and they won a Southern Section and a regional title um division four was wayne mckinney over over at coronado obviously they had a lot of things going on at the end of the season but that didn't take away from what wayne did on the court wayne uh you know it's from obviously going to university of san diego and he had a terrific terrific uh season 22.9 points 10.2 rebounds 4.2 assists per game obviously the d5 is very small you know, list of teams because of um, 
because of uh, competitive equity, you don't have the, the Drew, you know, the very players we'd have in D5 in previous years. Yeah, I'll give you some of the list of D5 players in the past, Devin. Um, Darius Morris from Winward, who played for the Lakers in 2009. Troy Leaf. Uh, Brandon Keene from Alameda St. Joseph. Brandon Randolph from St. Bernard. So that's the level of player we've seen in D5, Cody Riley as a sophomore. But the D5 player of the year this year is Wayne Hampton from Hoover of San Diego. Had a terrific season. And, you know, like I said, it, it want to give a kudos to all those guys. And, and D5 is really small schools. Our teams are based on competitive equity. So, yeah, you know, yeah, want to knock those guys out. Used to be like you know, you know, it was based on uh, enrollment. enrollment. So smaller schools like Sarah Canyon, Windward, things like that, where you'd have really good basketball teams would be playing in, in a lower division. Where now yeah. it's competitive equity, and for the most part, uh, Division Five will be a, a less, I guess, um, powerhouse type of school. Yeah, as far as basketball goes. Um, it's okay, like, but yeah, yeah no, no, it's good to see. It's good to see you know guys get recognized. Um, yeah, but are, it's just, for people who are out of the area or out of state, you got to realize that a lot of our good teams get knocked off in the open playoffs before they even have a chance to get close to winning a state title. But they would win a state title if they were in one of these lower divisions. For sure. So. Yeah. Before we move on to our last event that we wanted to discuss, which is the Pango Sweet Sixteen, Ronnie, I want to. Uh, mention a couple Prodigy 15, you guys, who I liked. Um, okay. Harrington Pierce, Cameron Pierce's younger brother from, you know, he's at, he was at Awanda and now at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. Uh, Carrington Pierce is a, you know, kind of a, he's like a, uh, a mirror image of Cameron at the same stage, in my opinion, as yes, far as body goes. Yeah, 5'11", uh, point guard. I think his freshman year, he was actually at Ranch Cucamonga, Ronnie, and I think now he's going to be at, at Awanda. Uh, he's listed here at Awanda in the book. So uh, a guy to keep an eye on. And then uh, Jacob Quintana from Bonita. Ronnie, you recognize that name. Yep. Um, his older brother, Joe Quintana, who's at LMU, had a really good high school career. And Jacob, is he's going to be really good, and I think he's going to be recruited at that low Division One level um, when we when we get to that point as a 224 prospect. Okay, let's move to the Sweet 16, Ronnie. Yeah, the Sweet 16 was at the map. Garden Grove again. We're we're trying to get all all around where we can, and obviously they a lot of those teams we'll see again this week, upcoming week because they're going to be in Dinos's uh, second live period event. So I wanted to focus on a team that won't be there, and that was the Paul George Fifteens. Again, we talked about Isaiah Eholing. So Jason Richardson was on that team. You mentioned that you liked them uh, at at the Pangos. Uh, Premier 80. Mm-hmm. He's on that team, man. They they got a lot of good 224s. Let me just run them down all of yeah. them. Yeah. I mean, Noah Williams uh, from Village Christian. Jaden Harper, who's at Notre Dame, who was previously at Alamein. Ehalim Richardson. Steven uh, Prudhomme, who's at Oaks Christian. Jaden DePina, who's Dylan DePina's younger brother. He's at West Ranch. James Evans, well-known player at West Ranch. Jamari Phillips. Modesto Christian, we mentioned him earlier, and Manasi Iti, who's also at Modesto Christian, big, strong player, uh, power forward. So when you look at those, those guys are all 224, Devin, and it's you're talking about maybe three of the or four of the top 10 224s in California, all in that team. 
They yeah. played in the 16 division uh, in that in that event, but they're you know they're traditionally a 15U team, and I just kind of wanted to get your opinion on some of those guys. Obviously, you've seen some of those guys before. You might have even seen some at the Bosco tournament, and then you know I saw them there at at that event, and and I always like to get ahead and watch the two. 224s and 225s. Uh, Noah Williams has a lot of length, you know, uh, not a very, he's kind of gangly still. Uh, he's not there yet com- as a complete prospect. I think Jaden Harper is still a little bit ahead of him. He moves well, he blocks shots, he runs. Obviously, you mentioned what Jason Richardson can do out of for Bishop Gorman. He's going to have a big time career. He helped them win both section sevens. Mm-hmm. Um, Actually, I take that back. They lost to the final to Corona Centennial. Corona Centennial won both. I don't know why I thought of that, but they Bishop Gorman went to the final. Um, getting ahead of myself here. James Evans, you know, he's really strong player, and Jamari Phillips probably as good a scorer, as good a shooter as Isaiah Halim. Maybe not as gifted a scorer, but like right there. So you know, what 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 do you think of those guys as two twenty fours? Yeah, I think you're spot on with. With that, I think Jamari Phillips and and Isaiah Ehelim are probably the two most polished guys right now on that team. Yeah, just their, their skill sets and kind of their ability to to uh, score in a variety of ways is is well beyond their years. Um, I, I think Noah Williams has a chance, maybe maybe long term, to be up there with with those guys. He's a little okay. more raw, um, but I think he's going to be in that conversation down the line. Uh, Jaden Harper, again, uh, another freshman who had an impact, you know, as a, as a freshman at the high school level and played good minutes. And there's a reason why it's because physically and, and defensively, he's smart, he's ready, he can rebound, um, and he can play on or off the ball, which is kind of an important factor for a young player. But yeah, that, if they can keep that team together, Ronnie, that Paul George elite 15s team, I mean, again, you're looking at a lot of high level players in that 224 class. Yeah. I mean, just let's throw Zion Sensley in there. When you talk about him, Jamari, and, and Isaiah, those are the, like the three best prospects in the class so far. And you got two of them. Then James Evans is a good player right now. Now, he may not yeah. be track as good as Isaiah down the line, but when you want to win a high school game, James Evans is as good as any of those guys right now, you know, yeah. to try to win, to win a high school. Big, strong, physical forward. Moves pretty well. You know, got that Mark Aguirre type body, you know. So he had, a, he had a great year for West Ranch, you know, as, as a two twenty four. He had a great year for them. So, uh, yeah, that team is going to be going to be really good down the line, Ronnie. And then, real quick, uh, I was at the Bosco tournament for maybe two or three days. I forget how many days I was there. Yeah, uh, but a couple of standouts that I saw young younger players: um, Cade Bonham, uh, incoming freshman two twenty five from St. John Bosco. He's going to be you know, really good for them. You know, kind of a six five ish, six six ish power forward. Uh, good touch around the basket, good feel as a as a low block guy. Runs the floor well. Yeah, uh, Matt, Matt Dunn's gonna probably gonna be on varsity next year, and he's probably gonna get some minutes. I think. He's yeah, I saw him at section seven. He's coming along. You know, like you said, big and strong. Another guy who was injured, Ronnie. They got a good player over there who was injured at the Bosco tournament. Played at section seven, the two two twenty five guard. Um, you remember his name? Yeah, Elsie Harrington. Elsie Harrington. He's gonna be really good. He's really good. <laughs> he's really good. I mean. Again, we we got to watch more. Obviously, we didn't get to see a lot of the uh, fall things that we might have saw some 225s out because of COVID. 
we're catching up on 224. I feel pretty good about 224 now. Like, I have a good feel of who's good in 224. I didn't six months ago. Yeah. You know, and, and 225, maybe a little bit behind the eight ball, but LZ's a good place to start. If there's many 225s better than him, then those guys are really freaking good. Yeah, Matt Dunn, who's coached a lot of good players and seen a lot of good players over his career, has a lot of high praise for LZ Harrington. And I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if LZ Harrington takes over the, the point guard position uh, right away for St. John Bosco and Matt Dunn. Uh, and two more guys I want to throw out here, Ronnie Carter, Bryant, 224 from Fountain Valley High School. Um, I think you know, he, he, he broke his leg. Uh, he had an injury earlier in the fall and didn't get to play his high school season because he was recovering. Yes. And now he's starting to just kind of put it all together. He's young for his grade. Um, and, man, he's you know 6'7", all of 6'7", long, wiry, smooth, good shooter. Face up, yeah. High basketball IQ, uh, man. He's gonna. I, I'm, I'm telling you, Ronnie. That's that's one to watch. Really watch long term. Yeah, like long, long term, long, long term is what I'm talking about here. Yeah, he's um, definitely long term. He's along the lines of Noah Williams, Jaden Harper, where he's not as polished as like an Isaiah Ehelim or Jamari Phillips, but again, he has the size and the length and the you know the DNA that he's gonna be. If he's six eight, six nine, six ten, nobody would be surprised. Right, even you know what I mean. So, Jamari Phillips is more of six two, you know, six three. Yeah. So I'm just trying to draw that comparison. That again, when you look at James or Jamari Phillips, if you want to win a high school varsity game now, you you may want those guys. But sure. in two or three years, that may be Desha- uh, Carter Bryant that you want. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And then the last guy I want to mention is JJ Gray from Fountain Valley, six five, two twenty three, smooth, smooth shooter who gets better every time he plays, and J.J. Gray. You saw him a little bit, Ronnie, with Fountain yeah. Valley um, during uh, his sophomore season. Yeah, and, and he also was at the he also was at the uh, Pango Sweet 16. I believe yeah, he, he was, was at 6'1", yeah, 223. Yep. And he had a really good game against the, the Belmont Shore. Obviously, that's that's Dinos' team, and that's his event, but he had a really good game. Yeah, really quick off, the, quick off the dribble. He got in the key. Guys couldn't stay in front of him. Yeah, he's gonna be he's gonna be a really good player down the line, and and somebody who I think as as his as he becomes more confident and becomes you know a more of a you know has a guy with the, the bigger role with Fountain Valley because he didn't have that big of a role. They had a couple good seniors, and obviously Roddy Anderson, the point guard. JJ came off the bench and and uh, you know was kind of a spot minute guy. But as his role increases at Fountain Valley, I think uh, some college coaches will be interested in JJ Gray. Yeah. Definitely, uh, I, I could see that he he had some some good moments. Obviously, I got to see Team Inland again a little yeah. bit um, at at Dinos's event. Obviously, his team has some pretty good players. You know, he always has a couple good guys. But yeah, it was a it was a it was a good week. Uh, again, little things could have made the week uh, you know a little bit more productive for everybody. Again, five events is a lot. Obviously, we'll spend some time at. Ryan Silver's uh, West Coast Elite event this week, I believe, Devin, you'll probably be at. I'll be at. Um, it's just hard to be at five tournaments in, 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 a, in a traffic congested area such as mm-hmm. Los Angeles. It's just it's not conducive. Again, and we, and we didn't even get to Vegas. We didn't even talk about Vegas. You know, know. Uh, the White Knots were in Vegas, uh, Vegas Elite, a couple other good teams. EBO was there with, with, with JoJo Hunter, who's, you know, um, Mountain West and Big West teams are all over, uh, 
you know, obviously all over him out of San Joaquin Memorial. So, you know, again, everybody can't be at every, we mean you can only be at one place at a time. Obviously you can be somewhere. I can be somewhere. Yeah. But, you know, imagine the college staff trying to, trying to navigate all of it. And they did a pretty good job. They kind of figured it out as the week went on, but uh, without section seven, Devin, I think they would have been in a way different situation. No doubt. Seen on West coast players. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. Section seven was very helpful for college coaches to be able to identify, like we said earlier, identify guys. They, they heard about and wanted to verify, you know, that they should recruit and then yeah. be able to to use that knowledge from Section 7 to then navigate the five different tournaments that we had in the Southern California area, Ronnie. But yeah, um, as we close this show, we're going to be back out for another another live period uh, this upcoming week. And we have a West Coast Elite event at Momenta Sports Center in Irvine. And then we have uh, Dinos' event at the MAP. Yeah, it's in uh, uh, Garden Grove. Yeah, it's in Garden Grove, and then I think Dinos has a an All West live that Sunday after his event is over. I think I looked yeah, at. We have night. some showcase type of event that afternoon. He has a, a showcase event after the the games have completed um, for the tournament for the for the Pangos Thirty Two. Uh, he's going to have a live event. I'm not sure. Is, are there any other tournaments, or is that it this weekend? Right? I think that's it. It's a little more uh, condensed, and that's a little better for us, a little better yeah. for the coaches. Obviously, a lot of coaches will be at Peace Jam. We'll, we'll yeah. follow that, and they'll be at other events. Uh, I think the Adidas 3 SSB is on the border between Iowa and Nebraska. Yeah, uh, I think it's in, kind of in, a, or it's in oh, like the Omaha area. Yeah, it's uh, you know, obviously that's going to be their – championship type of event and this is going to be a busy week um we got the nba draft slowly coming out. obviously the nba drafts pushed back that's at the end of july we'll have some coverage of that we'll uh go over that kind of go over some of the prospects we know and and uh obviously we've seen just recently in high school some of these guys weren't in high school very long ago you know and, and we, we we've want to watch a lot of those guys and a very interesting year of college basketball and it's going to be a very interesting draft because it has a lot of local ties, has a lot of California ties, mm-hmm. a lot of high school teams that we follow. You know, a lot of a lot of guys congregated from the same high schools or from the same area. You know, so we'll, we'll be able yeah. to hone in on that. And uh, it's going to be a very busy month, obviously, because it kind of came fast because we still had high school just a month ago, less than a month ago in California. It's pretty nuts. It is, um, man. So, yeah, we're just trying to get a uh, a whole feel for it. And, you know, hopefully we feel hopefully by the time the Pangos Fresh Soft camps come and like uh, the Ron Massey will feel kind of like, quote unquote, like caught up. Mm-hmm. You know, we're trying to get caught up on like especially the younger kids that maybe we haven't had as much chance to see. But yeah, I feel a lot better about 224 and we're starting to trickle down and, and get some names for 225. 223 class is strong. Strong nationally, strong in, on the West Coast. And, and, again, we feel for a lot of the 221s and 222s that are still trying to navigate and find out where they're going to be or what level they're going to play at. And they, and they got to be realistic about what the situation is and where they're going to end up at. Yeah, yeah, that's good advice. We saw a lot of uh, even, you know, 2020s who went prep school still playing club and a lot of unsigned 221s. And it's it's tough on them. And, they're you know, they're trying to – you know, show that they can they can play at the next level, and you know if they have to play in a live period, I guess it's just kind of more power to them, right? Um, but yeah, Ronnie, I think uh, I think that'll wrap it up for this episode. 
a lot of names we mentioned, a lot of good info was given. And we'll have more of that after this upcoming weekend because we're going to be at those two events that we mentioned. Um, but yeah, make sure you guys, you know, check out ballslife.com and stay up to date with our NBA draft coverage. Um, I'm not sure, you know, people know that we do the NBA draft coverage, Ronnie, and, you know, have a board and, and, you know, you know, look into those things and do, do our research on that. But we're going to have some podcasts on it. We're going to have some content pieces on it. And, uh, our knowledge goes, you know, well beyond high school because we see these guys, especially now, especially these upcoming draft classes, we see these guys a lot. And, you know, we're able to kind of watch them from, you know, eighth grade camps through their high school careers into their college career or, you know, you know, like Jalen Greenman, G League Ignite, um, their pro careers. And, you know, there's some knowledge there. And, you know, hopefully we'll have some on the rise podcasts, Ronnie, on that uh, guys who we're looking at, you know, um, for the NBA draft. But and make sure you guys yeah. check out ballslife.com. Check out everything we got there for you, uh, especially the shop.ballslife.com. Uh, you know, uh, online shop where we got our, our all of our gear that you can take from. Um, but yeah, until the next episode of the In the Paint Show presented by Ball is Life, Ronnie and Devin are signing off. <laughs>